When you think of tech innovation, the healthcare space probably isn't the first to pop into your head. But for David Chow, healthcare and IT go hand in hand. David has been a leader in the digital space of the healthcare world for decades, serving in executive positions at Cleveland Clinic, Children's Mercy Hospital, University of Mississippi Medical Center, AHMC Healthcare, and Prime Healthcare. He just took on a new role as the VP and Principal Analyst for Constellation Research, where he will continue to revolutionize the digital healthcare space. In this episode, David and Ian discuss the ways healthcare has become one of the most digitally focused industries in the world, and the challenges everyone in the field had to overcome in order to get there. Today, you have access to your doctor or healthcare practitioner from the palm of your hand, and your entire medical history can be brought up with a few simple clicks. But how did we get there? And where are we going in the future? This podcast is sponsored by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at The Mission. And I have a guest on the other line. David, what's going on? How are you doing? You know, it's a beautiful day here in Palo Alto. How are things in Kansas City? It's pretty cool. You know, we're just in the midst of this one of the biggest and coldest days in terms of record-breaking numbers. So something I'm not used to. Uh, I am originally from the West Coast, so jealous of Anytime I hear folks from the Bay Area or Southern California and the consistent sunshine that you guys always have. It's always, it's always tough uh, whenever we're uh, recording with, with folks that, that are not in the, uh, in the California winter. But we're here today talking about all things healthcare IT. So you recently just took a new role. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm excited to be joining Constellation Research they are a technology market research company. I will be joining them as a principal analyst focusing specifically on the healthcare sector from the lens of a CIO. And I've, I've been following those guys for a long time. You know, Ray Wong and his team has been pretty much breaking down all the barriers and doing a lot of great work in the industry from a mega trend perspective. So uh, it'll, it'll be exciting to be able to take the mega trends apply them to the healthcare vertical and figure out the intersection and at the same time come up with some creative ideas that's going to move the needle for the from an industry perspective. Yeah, and you know we we haven't had someone specifically really dive into healthcare and IT yet on IT Visionary. So it was an exciting opportunity to be able to have you on the show. It is a situation where there are so many important technological advancements in healthcare constantly. And we had Nursi Nazari on in a, in a very early episode talking about one of those, about you know EKGs and how that stuff works. But from, a, from an IT perspective, healthcare organizations are changing rapidly. What do you think is kind of the, the biggest reason for those changes and biggest things that, and trends that you're seeing? Well, the biggest reason is consumer expectation. If you think about patients from a retail perspective, we value convenience. We want things on demand. People are fighting for the attention span from a B2B perspective. Same thing is going to happen in healthcare, B2C perspective now. Um, the customers slash patients have choices. They don't necessarily have to see a doctor within a geographical region that they live in. Now with the 
technology and the evolution of it, they could see a doctor that from anywhere in the comfort of their home. So that's that's expectation has definitely changed the consumer behavior, physician behavior, and overall healthcare operations. In addition, the model for traditional healthcare is changing as well. So traditionally healthcare from a hospital perspective, they get paid based on the number of patients they see and the number of tests that they perform. So it's really volume driven. The more patients you have leads to better revenue. The new model as where it's transitioning towards is based on value and value based on how you, you take care of a population pool. So that's, that's where you hear the, the buzzwords value-based care or population health is really now you're going to get reimbursed a fixed fee for taking care of a fixed number of patients. So the trend of the future is not how many patients you're going to see, it's how many patients are you not going to see because you're more focused on wellness and keeping them out. So those two trends is really changing how we operate. Technology also has to catch up. The combination of the two is really has a big impact on how we deliver technology solutions in the healthcare vertical. Yeah, and you know, you've been a CIO multiple times. I mean, over the past, you know, decade or so, some of these changes that you've seen, it's not just like external customer facing or, you know, patient facing changes, also like of CIOs running IT organizations internally. What were some of the things in your most recent role as as CIO? How were you, you know, structuring your IT department? How are you working with those IT leaders to be able to create that type of quality of care? So if we just step back into history, maybe a few, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, there was no CIO in the hospital and healthcare setting. There's probably an IT director that was there managing mainframe, primarily focusing on telecom uh, and the network. And as you know, technology became so pre- prevalent throughout the industry, now you have this IT director who has grown up to be a CIO, more on the strategy side. So that evolution has definitely hit healthcare pretty hard, where you, you see a big divide between the traditional IT manager who just want to ma- take care of infrastructure, step up, and become elevated CIOs. And you see the next generation of CIOs who are more business leaders and really meeting the needs of the CEO. So that, that trend is definitely still continuing to happen. There's a third trend that's starting to happen is where I'm starting to see a lot of CIOs who have not changed and it's forcing the organization to look elsewhere. So you have the CIO really managing the day-to-day in the back office and then a new breed of CIO or chief digital officer or even chief innovation officer comes in and they're doing all the cool stuff and they're leading all the cool initiatives while the traditional CIO keeps the lights on. So those those three tiers are starting to happen pretty quickly within the healthcare vertical, and that's really shaping the type of technology delivery for the organization. The progressive organization definitely wants to have the next generation CIO that's focusing on business outcome, delivering the right solution to make people's lives better, whether you're a patient or employees, while the organization that doesn't have that progressive uh, use of technology, they're probably still focusing on keeping the lights on, viewing technology as a expense versus an investment. So those combinations still exist. And it's a, it's really a hard role I mean, to juggle when I look at the role of the CIO these days. It's probably one of the hardest roles in the C-suite in the hospital and the healthcare setting. Yeah, I mean, I, I would totally agree. I think 
you know, it's indicative that your title was chief information and digital officer, right? Like this role of being the digital officer, you know, some, some companies have their CDO or there's a blending of, you know, what roles and responsibilities you have within the company. But I think that this idea of everything digital that somebody is now looking at is something for the healthcare industry, something where there's so many ramifications. There's so much PII and and with HIPAA and all that sort of stuff. Like there's so much digital transformation that is going to continue to happen. How did you kind of structure that role? How what what were the things that you were looking at and that you wanted to make sure that you were managing or presiding over? I focused on two main themes when I thought when I think about the structure and the theme of the department. First theme is speed. So how do we do things faster? How do we do things faster, cheaper, and better? So utilizing technology to produce speed, and that also that means utilizing cloud-only technology, utilizing mobile first, you know, making sure data analytics is in play so that organization can make those decisions quickly. So that's theme number one, speed. The second is really a big focus on experience, providing the best experience for everyone that touches the organization, meaning your employees. Because if you think about the biggest complaint, every organization, if you ask them, how's your, how's your help desk? I would bet everyone's going to say, oh, the help desk sucks. Fix that experience internally, number one, so that your employees can have a better experience when they need help, therefore translate to a better care for the community and the patient. And secondly, focusing a lot on patient engagement and patient experience. So every project that we had really ran off those two themes, and that aligns really well with the digital world that we live in. The infrastructure, of course, you know, you got to get away from managing on-premise really move towards the cloud as much as possible and you know you know people in the silicon valley and on the coast they always think oh it's very easy to do well when you get to different geographical areas specifically where i am in the midwest in kansas city the cultural mindset not there so even getting folks to think cloud first that was such a big challenge because people were people think of that cloud technology as outsourcing job replacement. So there's a lot of cultural and departmental philosophy that needs to shift from a mindset perspective to be able to get to the next level of technology delivery. Yeah. I mean, how much did you deal with something like just switching from paper to digital documents? I mean, because, you know, I, I, I spent, I spent a decade in, in the military and I can tell you, I mean, I oversaw a lot of stuff like that where we were taking paper documents for people's healthcare records and putting them into as digital documents. It was one of the things that I managed like medical systems that, that did that. I mean, it was almost impossible. I mean, it was so difficult to be able to do it with the amount of paperwork that you'd have to you know, scan and upload into people's files. It was just insanely hard with, you know, today that sort of stuff is a real issue in a lot of places and a lot of countries, you know, we have, we have, listeners from all over the world. So how did you deal with like smaller challenges like that? Or, or did you see things like that? No, definitely. That is still a real struggle. So the good news is the healthcare vertical went through a major transformation the last eight years where there was a mandate to move away from paper and go digital. So there was, so during the time of the, um, when we had a recession in 2009 or so, there was a big emphasis to get to digital from a hospital perspective. And that was also a way to stimulate the economy. So 
luckily, based on that push, we're almost at 98% digital from an electronic medical record perspective. So that part is already set, big movement there, investments already made, people are at least electronic from that standpoint. But what happened was a lot of the smaller providers, whether you're a small clinic, um, mom and pop shop, they never have the investments to make that happen. So while you have the major systems and hospitals who are digital, you have some of the surrounding partners who are not. So faxing back and forth still happens unbelievably. So people, you know, with the same scenario that you have described, you take a piece of paper and try to digitize, that is still happening. Second, what is still astounding to me is, you know, when you think about clinical communication, you think everyone has a smartphone these days, it should all be app-driven. No, people still have pagers in these organizations. So while we have made leaps and bounds in the last eight years to get to digital from an electronic medical record perspective, there are still some of the ancillary and surrounding communities that are not there yet that's forcing this paper to digital or manual to digital experience. So it is still there. It is still a struggle and it is still happening and it is real. What about like public cloud versus private cloud? I mean, is this something, you know, you mentioned that cloud computing was something that is a difficult thing, was a difficult thing to, to implement initially. You know, you've, you've kind of talked about this in the past, but how does this and ERP and all that sort of stuff play into the broader spectrum? Yeah, so the utilization of cloud is difficult in healthcare from an enterprise application system perspective because number one, the biggest hurdle is some of these big enterprise apps are not cloud-born, meaning they were, they're still written in old programming languages, COBOL, MUMPS. I mean, these are stuff that was used way before I was even born. And they're, they're the backbone of these enterprise multi-million dollar, hundred million dollars, billion dollar systems. So that's the challenge number one. Therefore, it's not gonna work in a cloud or it's not cloud certified from a public cloud perspective. Um, ERP space is different. I think ERP space, everyone's going on the journey towards making sure the new product is available in a multi-tenant public cloud environment. But electronic medical records, some of these enterprise standalone uh, healthcare apps, they're not there yet because they're not written for the cloud. So you're almost asking the, the vendor to do a complete rewrite of that system to be cloud ready. The chance of that happening is going to be very slim. So that's, that's the biggest struggle with public cloud adoption in healthcare. Some of these systems are not cloud ready. It, I mean, it's cra- It's so interesting how different that type of stuff is. And when you're moving that type of, you know, the, that amount of data, obviously, you know, data is something that you, you've talked about as one of these kind of like four pillars of digital transformation with mobile cloud data and, and social media. What are some of the things like best practices that you're seeing from a data management standpoint? I think people struggle with data because they're so focused on having the right governance. They want to put together this this perfect framework from a governance perspective that is inhibiting them to put together the right solution for the organization to use. So one of the best practices is if it's good enough, just go with it, go lie with it, and then <clears throat> adjust on the fly. Don't wait to try to establish that perfect governance because you will never get there. Um, that's one of the lessons learned. Second is really from a data perspective, Liberate the data. Don't try to hoard it. I've seen lots of places where departments try to be the data keeper. 
because they don't trust someone else in using it or whatever the case is. That's always a challenge. So those two are my advice from a data perspective. And then onto mobile. You know, we've we've talked about mobile. We've had a bunch of uh, of IT visionaries focused on mobile in the past few episodes, and obviously, like the explosion of mobile is continuing to to take hold. You know, whatever, however many you know billion people in the world are are on smartphones now, um, and this is just going to continue to be the norm. What does mobile look like for uh, health IT? Having access to information in the palm of your hands. Another way to look at it is you pretty much have a healthcare provider, a doctor or nurse in your pocket. So that's what it needs to look like, being able to access information on demand from your smartphone or mobile device, whether you're a patient or whether you're a clinician. That's the trend and that's where it needs to move towards. Unfortunately, there is still a big learning gap. You still have a lot of traditional practitioners who are not used to use, using their smartphone or the mobile device to do work, right? Getting them from paper to just using a PC was a challenge. So now you're asking them to change again the workflow and to look on a smaller screen. So I'll say the combination that will take time from a culture perspective, even when you think about education, right? You think about physicians and nurses who got training. It's not like they were getting training on a mobile device. No one trained them to use their mobile device during a medical school. Totally. Now yeah. starting to pick up words where they're going through that, but that needs to happen too, right? They need to be that digital native, just like our, our kids are, or, or my kids are, where they don't know anything else but an iPad and YouTube and things like that. So that's part of the training that needs to happen all the way, starting from all the way from medical education for it to really take shape in the professional world. Yeah, I mean, isn't that crazy how we're entering an age where every all of the you know people under the age of 21 are so digitally native that everything is going to be mobile first you know i mean it's that that apple ad with the what's a computer thing you know i think it's i think it's partially not true but it's partially true like the why would you why would you go into a medical facility and you know worry about anything when you have all of it at your fingertips with your phone you could have your entire medical history with you every single place you went and another piece is just about switching like you know as i kind of mentioned in my career in the military you know you switch duty stations and all that sort of stuff or and then now you know with the VA there's a there's a constant level of care there but a lot of people as you move and change jobs and change medical providers and and all of that that continuity is is sometimes uh, you feel like you don't have proper ownership of that. But with mobile, now you have it all the time. With the cloud, you have it access all the time. Are there scenarios where the actual patient just controls all of that themselves and potentially as they're going into the hospital, then they don't, all of that's, all of that stuff is managed by themselves and they don't, they don't even need the person to be able to be as technologically advanced or, or, or uh, mobile ready? Exactly. I think you know, we'll eventually get there. Um, there's just the evolution and there's just the learning curve. As the next generation of professionals grow to become the next leaders, I think the way they work is going to be different. So, you know, that's our, that's also when you think about the future work, what that looks like. It's all going to change regardless of which industry you're at. So I would say that's a big trend that's going to happen in every industry. You know, one of the huge trends that's going on right now is blockchain. You've written about 
blockchain before and particularly an article that you wrote in August 2018. And a lot of the research kind of shows that CIOs are a little disinterested in blockchain and that there's this exploratory phase. We've talked about this with a few different CIOs on the podcast and had some blockchain experts on that this is something that ultimately is just we're nowhere close to from a B2B perspective. What would be your advice to CIOs of like, how should they stay relevant with blockchain with the idea that there's going to be some huge technological advancements, particularly within healthcare that are necessary to watch, but might not be implementation ready now? Yeah, I would say to the folks in the C-suite, you know, you have to be aware of these technologies. You know, blockchain is really going to change and the, the folks that's been really being impacted are the middleman, the people that are there uh, trying to be the source of tr- truth in transactions. So a middleman in the uh, revenue cycle clearinghouse, you know, if people agree to use blockchain to, to communicate and be able to transact from a payer to, to the hospital perspective and you know, bring in all the insurance and things of that nature, that actually changes the entire business model and wipes out a complete industry of middlemen. So that's where the potential for blockchain is. Unfortunately, most of the people in the C-suite or the CIOs in healthcare, they're buyers of technology. They're not going to build their own blockchain solution. So the trend there is they usually wait for something that's more mature and proven before they look at it because if you think about the role of the CIO, they're they're tackling just security. They're tackling a portfolio of over six hundred thousand different applications. They're they're trying to figure out the data space game. They're trying to figure out innovation. I mean, they're they're touching so many different things that if a, a blockchain solution or a theory is there, they're not going to focus on it because there's just too much too many other things going on. But I do believe blockchain does have a lot of potential. And but the one factor is there's got to be a trust between all the various entities that agree to use blockchain. Because now you're asking a lot of folks who may be competitors to work together to create a solution. And that's always hard. Corralling the community together is the hardest part in blockchain. It's not the technology. The technology is proven. It's there. It's going to work. Smart contracts. Ethereum, all these things are there, but how does someone influence and create that community? That's the hardest part. There's no easy way to do that. And that's the challenge of blockchain moving forward from a technology aspect. One of the things that you you have in your bio, which I love, is you know, that you're you're a CIO with the CEO mindset. What does that mean? Like I, I think it's something that a lot of the CIOs, the best CIOs that we've had on the show and that are out there are pushing the pace of innovation. They are living in a world where they're constantly refining how they talk to customers, how they work with customers, how internal and external plays together, which are a lot of CEO uh, responsibilities, right? How do you think that you've developed a CEO mindset and what does that mean? So to develop it, I think one tip is you have to understand the operations. So for me, early on in my career, uh, when I worked for a smaller hospital system, I had I walked every department. I sat in every department trying to learn how to operate, all the way from registration, registrations to supply chain to coding, medical coding to billing office, the back office uh, watching the clinical folks, and then IT. 
I really focus on understanding the flow. And that helps me understand how systems are integrated together and also understand how does the hospital make money. I mean, I was part of a lot of M&A transactions. So being able to understand how do you, do you turn around a distressed hospital that yeah. is operating in the red to profitability, that also helps. So the tip there is figure out how do you understand operations really down so that you're just as good as the person leading that. I think that's the starting point. And then to really think about the business model and how do you make that impact to drive a P&L. So I'll give you one example. You know, I, I, I put in a solution for the contact center. You know, when you think about contact center, it's the face of the organization. One of the problems every hospital has is access. You know, people cannot get access to the organization easily. They can't schedule easily. They can't get to the right provider easily. So we put in a solution in the contact center, who is the, the face of the organization for access. And what that resulted was we were able to schedule 17% more patients as a result of this technology. Now you take that and translate into a financial number. 17% more patients is equivalent to how much the revenue. And I brought that into the CEO and said, hey, I just made you money. I'm making money every <laughs> single day by X number of amounts because we put in this uh, solution. Now, from a budget perspective, I just want half of it. I want to take half of that, reinvest it into innovation or doing something to keep this going. But that's a very entrepreneurial mindset, right? And now I'm acting, I'm acting entrepreneurial. I'm running the department like a business. I'm thinking like, like the CEO who has a problem of how do I create access? How do I figure this out? So I would say it's a combination of having that uh, entrepreneurial spirit, but also understanding the positive business impact. You know, something as simple as a network upgrade. Don't just tell the organization I'm doing a network upgrade. Tell them how you're going to make the clinician's lives better. How are you going to save 30 seconds of logging in time and what is that equate to in terms of revenue? So you really have to be able to put those things together so that you could translate in a mindset where the CEO understands and really values that investment that they're making in technology. Because after all, the IT department is probably one of the biggest expense in every organization, which is why there's always a spotlight there. The first place they want to cut is IT. One of the biggest, largest budget in the organization. So cutting a few percentage points off of you helps the bottom line. So figure out how to protect that and get more to be to create innovation. Yeah, I, you know it's such a salient point because I think a lot of times we create our own metrics to show success instead of using the CEO's metrics for success, right? Is like, you, you know, use use the bottom line and show how what you're doing impacts that rather than creating, you know, internal metrics that only track, you know, internal things. You can still do that, but you need to be wary of what you're reporting and how that stuff works. And every single time you ask for more budget, if they know that you're thinking about the bottom line, then you can free up budget, you can free up uh, opportunities for that sort of stuff. How do you present those those type of things to the leadership? Obviously, you know, you kind of had the like slap it on the table approach and just say like, hey, this is I'm saving you money. What are what are some other examples of like how you've done that in the past? So, you know, one of the one of the areas where I really want to call the CIO is the I really stands for influence. You're pretty much the chief influence officer. You're always trying to sell ideas. You got to sell ideas upwards to the board, to the leaders. 
cast out ideas to your team because there's times when you know you had these crazy ideas your team may just look at you like what are you talking about david you just it doesn't make sense and you, you got to persuade them that this is the right path and also you got to persuade the folks um, that are the boots on the ground to execute so you're always constantly selling and getting people to believe and so you know my my team has always been to tell stories you know i just told you a story about how upgrading the, the contact center software resulted in a 17 percent increase in scheduling which generates revenue uh, i do the same thing for every project I tell that story about how it, it will impact either the quality of care or the bottom line the other reality is there's a lot of times when your senior leaders whether the ceo coo CEO, they only have a strategy so you have to help them with that strategy you know if there's no strategy there don't just sit back and say oh wow we don't have an enterprise strategy Therefore, I can't complete my IT strategy. Well, why don't you go create your IT strategy and turn that into the organization strategy? That's, that's something that needs to happen. And I see a lot of folks who are just getting hampered and just um, they're not moving because the organization is dysfunctional. Well, guess what? They're, every organization is dysfunctional to some extent. So figure out how you could make the move either strategically or even presenting your ideas and making it part of the enterprise. So I would say I'm always constantly selling ideas and themes and getting buy-ins and support. Sometimes ideas get shot down or sometimes they actually take it, but you just need one good idea uh, to make a lot of positive impact happen within an organization. How do you keep up with like your tech trends and, and different sort of innovations that are happening? It seems like you know you, you have some eyes in the VC community and watching technologies that are coming out of there. It seems like you stay up with with a lot of what's going on, what are what are your kind of like best practices for how you uh, how you keep up on all this new innovation? You know, I would say a lot of reading, connecting the right folks in the community. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I mean, I was following the folks from Constellation Research five for the last five years, and until now, I'm joining them. So I, you know, I follow folks like that all the time. That's just one of the many groups. Um, but constantly just educating yourself. You're always reinventing yourself. You're always trying to read the latest trend. Don't just read it. Think about how it impacts you. Take it a little step deeper. Think about how you change those trends or create your own trends. So for me, that's a, you know, for me, I, I'll write a lot too. And writing is also, it puts me in a, in a place where I need to dig deeper because if I'm going to put something out there, I better make sure I do a lot of research and put my own thoughts to make sure it's accurate. Otherwise, I'll make a fool out of myself. So I would say that that effort puts me, it forces me to actually dig a lot deeper where most folks superficially, they'll just read something and then take it for face value where I would actually do a lot of thinking about it, see how it fits. And business then move on, move on to the next thing, but always keep your pulse on what's, what's going on throughout the industry just by reading and learning from whoever's out there. Even the staff, right? The staff has the best ideas sometimes. So don't discount whoever gives you different ideas or gives you different mindsets. All right, let's switch gears into the lightning rounds, presented by our good friends at Salesforce and the lightning platform. So these questions are fast and easy. I didn't send them to you ahead of time. You had no idea what's coming. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, number one, what app are you using on your phone that is the most fun? Most fun, Spotify. Music is always coming out of my phone for Spotify. Have you, do you use the podcasting feature on Spotify at all? I don't. I need to learn about that. Is your podcast on Spotify? That's, yeah, it actually is. It's still the UX is still a little wonky on it, but it's uh, 
I mean, it's going to be huge. It's going to be a huge part of their business going forward. But yeah, it's still the searchability and some of that stuff is still a little weird. But um, it's going to be it's going to be really big. I'm just curious. Um, favorite time saving tool? Uh, no, I never got to that time time saving tool. I, I was trying to play with it where you know it'll give me this tracker where I focus on something and then focus on it for fifteen minutes. Well, I told myself I, I need something like that to keep track of my minutes there's something wrong with me I'm, I'm kind of screwed up i need to be able to prioritize so i stay away from those timekeeping tools i just try to focus on a few key things throughout the day and execute on those rather than try to execute on 100 different things oh i just love it do you have a favorite use of ai or chatbots that you've seen recently i do my my i use a virtual assistant from x.ai and what's funny was i was using it internally within within my last organization and i had an assistant, executive assistant, who was getting mad at the robot because she had no idea it was a robot. And they they couldn't understand each other. She couldn't understand each other in terms of scheduling. And you know, she was telling me, yeah, I finally figured out it was a robot. But I was getting pissed and I was writing back these emails and she was just responding back to me too. So, but I love I love using that AI just to schedule quick things. Um, it's a time saver. But obviously there's times when it doesn't work well if you're not specific in your examples of what you want to get done. So you have to adjust a little bit. That's a fun tool. And there's a lot that's that's going to be happening with that in the future. Do you have a favorite podcast or recent book or uh, something you're reading or listening to? Uh, favorite book? Um, I've been, you know, I read a lot of trade journals. I haven't, you know, I'll read leadership books here and there. I'm still a big fan of Tim Ferriss. I think, think back to my career, one of this is that four-hour work week book is still one that really got me thinking a little bit differently early on in my career is really about how do I be more efficient versus working hard. So I would say his podcast, I'll still tune in here and there where there's an interesting guest to see how someone really mastered their craft and became a lot more efficient and utilizing resources around them. What about your favorite content or show that you're watching? Favorite content or show? What am I watching? I'm a sports guy, so especially basketball. So right now, you know, that's why I tune in for, for mostly uh, when during sports season. Other than shows I was watching, um, Suits was a good one. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Suits when it's on. Ballers on HBO, I, you know, ties into sports again. I would say some of those shows are probably my go-to where I'm a regular. Yeah, I uh, I love this, uh, the, some of the new basketball stuff where it's like you can just stream everything now. It's just great. It's like, man, don't even have to, like be walking through they have those great series ads where it's like you know the the guy or the gal standing um where they're shopping or sitting in line and they're watching basketball on their phone it's great and i'm a huge warriors fan so watching all that stuff is just great technology for the win okay what's uh what's your best advice for a first-time cio so what i always tell uh, first-time cio is you know more than anyone else so don't think as if you need to get advice from another leader. You're at that stage in career where you were chosen to lead and trust your gut instinct. Don't feel as if you don't know anything because I guarantee you the first CEO, first time, a first time CEO, he's got no clue or he or she has no clue what they're doing either. So don't be afraid. Uh, everyone's been in that position. Just make a decision, move forward. Make, if you, there's a mistake that happens, just fix it. So that's been my advice to a lot of up and coming leaders who always ask me for guidance as far as their career progression or tips that they should be thinking about. Did you ever do any uh, citizen development while you were uh, while you were a CIO? It seems like you know 
hospitals and and healthcare, there's so many people with good ideas and creative ideas that and not necessarily the channels to uh, to bring those to life. So did you ever dabble with hackathons or citizen development or anything like that? Um, yeah, we dabble into it, but the, the, the challenge is the filtering part. Um, I also really worked hard at making every organization that I have been at a social organization. So utilizing internal tools like Facebook at work, Yammer and things like that, just to create conversations and generate innovative ideas. The challenge is a lot of these, these things do not take off unless there's a CEO support. And most totally. of the time, this is probably not the top item on the CEO, which unfortunately also organization misses out. They miss out on innovation because I guarantee every in every organization, there's a, there's a few employees that are good enough to work at the Apples and the Googles who have great ideas, but somehow no one ever seeks their great ideas or it never gets taken seriously to, and never comes to life. So that's an unfortunate part. It's a, it's definitely, you know, you talked about cloud being a, a struggle. Some of that stuff is, uh, is definitely like, wait, people aren't doing their jobs. Like, no, they are. They're helping the team. Okay. Final question. What uh, technology or thing are you most excited about going forward? You know, for me, it's still the phone, the evolution of the smartphone. I mean, I really, I could do 90% of my work, on the phone. There's a period of time where that's all I carry. Now, upon joining Constellation, this is the first time I'm using a laptop as much as I have in my career. So, but prior to that, I did everything on my phone. So just the evolution of the smartphone, the growth of it, the this, this additional technology feature that they're adding to it, that gets me extremely excited about the future. David, that's all we have today. This is awesome. Thanks so much. You're I'm just really excited for for uh, everything coming out of Constellation and seeing more of your work. This was just really good stuff. Any any final thoughts? No, I think I'm glad to be here. You know, let's keep in touch. Hoping to come back more in the future so that we can share some ideas and learn from each other. But thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was, it was really good. And uh, the the healthcare stuff is so fascinating right now. I would love to just learn more about the companies and and CIOs that you're working with. Uh, going forward and yeah would love to love to have you in studio too if you're in the bay area give me uh give me a shout we'd love to have you in studio in palo alto thank you again to our friends at salesforce it visionaries is brought to you by the lightning platform by salesforce salesforce just introduced the lightning platform mobile the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps.